Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. It's good to be in the Lord's house today. Logan, would you open us in a word of prayer? Please join us in saying our nation's Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. and singing hymn number 167.
Dear Veterans, I don't know all of you. I wish that I did. I wish I knew all your names. I wish I could see all your faces. Shake your hands. There must be days you wonder why you served, questioning if you made a difference in this world. Sometimes you don't know, but I promise you have made a difference. I don't take that for granted. My dad told me about PTSD. It is real. I'm just one person. But today, I speak for all Americans. I hope you know. A better place. And I hope you know I am grateful. Tonight, before I go to bed, I'm going to pray for you, for your family, for your safety. For you to know God's peace. I don't know all of you. I wish that I did. Thank you for your service and all you give to me. I will remember. It is the responsibility of the present generation to teach our children to remember those who sacrificed for our country. We should teach them that Gettysburg is not just a name of a small town in Pennsylvania, but it is hallowed ground where over 3,000 men died not only to maintain the Union, but also break the clutches of slavery. They should learn of the bravery of their forefathers who served as Marines at the Battle of Bella Wood. And the they should be taught of the bravery of our military service members who fought and died 50 years ago in a country called Vietnam and teach them to never repeat the often shameless way those veterans were welcomed home. Our children should be taught that one day they will be the ones called upon to remember the extraordinary accomplishments of our military in Desert Storm. And retell the story how America was knocked down on 9-11 and how our country recovered stronger than ever. I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people... Chateau Thierry, 
Guadalcanal, Midway, Bastogne, Iwo Jima, Chosin Reservoir, Quezon, Beirut, and Fallujah are not just names of places. They are places of honor where our forefathers not only fought and died to advance the cause of freedom and justice, but for an ideal called America. Our young people today will be the ones to teach future generations of the ultimate sacrifice made by those who came before us to keep our country strong and free. Our children must be taught to honor and respect the flag of the United States of America. Because whether the flag had 34 stars in 1863, 48 in 1944, or 50 as it was recovered from the rubble of the World Trade Center, this is the flag. This is the symbol under which men and women died for our country. It not only represents their sacrifice, but all we stand for as a nation. Dying for freedom isn't the worst thing that can happen. Being forgotten is. It is our pledge this day to our beloved veterans, we will remember. We will remember your names. We will remember your faces. We will remember what you lived for. We will remember what you died for. We give the memory of you to our children. Thank you for your service.
song today because there aren't enough Sundays in December and because Caleb broke the Christmas ice a few weeks ago. <laughs>
the world was changed forevermore when love was born I close my eyes and see the night when love was By the way, isn't uh, the two rows over here that the beavers have, wouldn't that have been awesome if they'd had that many kids? <laughs> Just <laughs> He would have lost his hair a lot sooner, amen? Just saying. Brother Dan, why don't you go stand down there with the airport? All right, so what I'd like to do is I know we have Navy and Army and Air Force, so let's put the Air Force on the end. Let's put the Marines on this end. And then you two Navy guys, you, why don't you stand by the Marine? Slide on down. Yeah. Right? Very good. And uh, it just helps me to keep this all, all in line. All right. Appreciate uh, so much. And so we have uh, these three fine folks right here served uh, in the Air Force. And what we have done this year uh, for a gift is we've gotten coffee. Okay. Uh, someone said, well, what if they don't like coffee? Well, you know, coffee's one of those things to me that is very deceitful because it smells good, but I don't really care for the taste. So I guess you could cut it open and leave it as aroma around the house maybe, <laughs> or you could stick it behind your ear or something. But anyhow, so we got black rifle coffee. I thought that's a good, you know, veteran stuff. And then Brother Chuck made this great sticker on the back. It says, thank you, veteran. Without you, the world would be different. People's freedom would be at risk. So thank you for protecting our country, for risking your life for others, for making the world a better place from SMBT. And so I have three. Oh, and by the way, these for the uh, Air Force guys, they have gunship. Huh? That's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. I don't know. Look, they stand down here so far away from everybody. <laughs> Thank you all very much. <laughs> then uh, our next copy is uh, Freedom Fuel. Freedom Fuel, pretty cool. Same sticker on the back, uh, but this is for the majority of the guys, I believe, that majority will. Army, and so uh, I've got this for you.
And then for the Marines, I just thought they're kind of different guys, right? <laughs> so we got this Beyond Black, okay? And uh, kind of reminded me of, of uh, We do appreciate so much your service, and um, over the years our numbers dwindled. Um, hard to see good men that have lived and women who have lived their lives pass from the scene, uh, but we do thank you for your service. I would like to uh, have order. Lord, we love you and thank you so much for our veterans. What a blessing it is to have uh, men and women who have served you and given time away from family and freedoms to be able to go and protect our freedom. We thank you for uh, those that are in active service today, and we pray that you would be with our troops scattered around the world and that you would keep them safe. We pray that you would be with our veterans today. Give them a blessed day, and uh, might we as a nation truly be thankful for the sacrifices that were made on their behalf so that we might be able to enjoy the freedoms that we have today. Thank you, dear God, for all your blessings for this great country that we get to be a part of. We love you, and we ask these things in your blessed name. Amen. Let's give them a hand as they head back to us.
It's our honor to have uh, Brother Martin Kuhn and his lovely wife uh, is here with him and his daughter. Appreciate uh, coming and preaching for us today. Well, amen. It is good to see you, and I'm glad to be here today. I appreciate the pastor allowing us to come in. Thank you for the nice accommodations we had. Uh, a little closer over at the Fairfield than the old Dury. Uh, uh, I was telling a, a pastor, I, it was such a habit coming that uh, Brother Chuck sent me the address. I didn't even pay attention. And most of his texts I get, I don't pay attention to. But uh, uh, he sent me a text. Now, all right, we've stayed at the same place all the time, the Drury uh, over there. And we made plans. All right, I'll run. Drop you off at the hotel. I got to go get some parts from Ikea, you know, because they always lose parts every time you move. So, uh, uh, you know, I gotta, I'll run to Ikea real easy peasy. And uh uh, didn't even pay attention. The name changed to the Hotel Lotus. And uh, and then, uh, you know, they were like uh, a reservation under my name. Oh, no. How about uh, 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 Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple? No. How about Chuck, whatever his last name is, uh, you know. And then realized, oh, uh, this is not your address. All right. Let's, let, I'll, I'll be right back. And never went back, you know. And... Uh, so uh, got over to the, the, the Fairfield on Midland, though we were disappointed that the Comfort Inn right next door has a slide that goes on the outside of the building. Hello? If there's a slide that goes from the second floor out and into the, that ought to be the place that guest speaker stays, right? <laughs> Brother Sam Davison would love that, you know, next time he's here. You know, I, 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 we have been blessed and spoiled, and we thank you very much. Love coming here. You know, I, I wanted to do this earlier, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to take just a minute to... Uh, did I date this? Where, where's, where were we? I was trying to figure out the first time I came here. I know I signed the door. If you don't know, there's signatures underneath here, and I can't recognize my writing, so... Um, all right, well, I was going to see when I signed it and all that, but I have been thrilled to come back here. And you know, the neatest thing about it is seeing some of the same faces. You know, that, that's a great testimony, seeing some of the same faces. It's good seeing new faces, too. It's good to, to see that there's a, a, a church that's thriving and growing and reaching others and always adding to it, that God blesses that and uh, you know, being faithful to that. John chapter 12 is where we're going to be. John chapter 12. Verse 1, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. 
Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear bear what was put therein. Then said Jesus, Let her alone against the day of my burying, hath she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, that ye, but me, ye have not always. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we've been able to honor veterans and remember, encourage to pass on to the next generation. Lord, we, we thank you for the time that we can take out of our busy calendar and schedules and in, uh, you know, uh, plans and uh, uh, you know, school routines and work routines and uh, upcoming holidays and all of those things and just sort of recognize those who have served and those who sacrificed. Lord, we'd be remiss not to honor just the veterans, but their wives and kids. Uh, they bore the separation as well and the sacrifice and the constant moving and the stresses, and uh, Lord, we we honor them and thank them too during this time. We ask, Lord, that as we uh, draw attention to this uh, story, this uh, sacrifice Mary made uh, of something very costly, Lord, uh, uh, may we uh, draw a, a connection into our life and Lord, may we be encouraged with what your word reveals to us today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Master Sergeant Gary I. Gordon, United States Army, distinguished himself by actions above and beyond the call of duty on 3 October 1993. While serving as sniper team leader, United States Army Special Operations Command with Task Force Ranger in Mogadishu, Somali, Master Sergeant Gorder's sniper team provided precision fires from the lead helicopter during an assault and at two helicopter crash sites, which subjected to intense automatic weapons and rocket-propelled grenade fires. When Master Sergeant Gordon learned that ground forces were not immediately available to secure the second crash site, he and another sniper unhesitantly volunteered to be inserted to protect the four critically wounded personnel despite being well aware of the growing number of enemy personnel closing in on the site. After his third request to be inserted, Master Sergeant Gordon received permission to perform his volunteer mission. When debris and enemy ground fires at the site caused him to abort the first attempt, Master Sergeant Gordon was inserted 100 meters south of the crash site. Equipped with only a sniper rifle and a pistol, Master Sergeant Gordon and his fellow sniper, while under intense small arms fire from the enemy, fought their way through a a dense maze of shanties and shacks to reach a critically injured crew members. Mass Sergeant Gordon immediately pulled the pilot and the other crew members from the aircraft, establishing a perimeter which placed him and his fellow sniper in the most vulnerable position. Mass Sergeant Gordon used his long-range rifle and sidearm to kill an undetermined number of attackers until he depleted his ammunition. 
Master Sergeant Gordon then went back to the wreckage, recovering some of the crew's weapons and ammunition. Despite the fact that he was critically low on ammunition, he provided some of it to the dazed pilot and then radioed for help. Master Sergeant Gordon continued to travel the perimeter, protecting the downed crew. After his team member was fatally wounded and his own ammunition, his own rifle ammunition exhausted, Master Sergeant Gordon returned to the wreckage, recovering a rifle with the last five rounds of ammunition, gave it to the pilot with the words, good luck. Then armed only with his pistol, Master Sergeant Gordon continued to fight until he was fatally wounded. His action saved the pilot's life. Master Sergeant Gordon's ex- extraordinary heroism and devotion to duty were in keeping with the highest standards of military service and reflect great credit upon him and his unit and the United States Army awarded the Medal of Honor. Sergeant First Class Randall D. Sugart distinguished himself by actions above and beyond the call of duty on 3 October 1993 while serving as a sniper team member, United States Army Special Operations Command with Task Force Ranger in Mogadishu, Somali. Sergeant First Class Sugart provided precision sniper fire from the lead helicopter during an assault on a building and a two helicopter crash sites while subjected to intense automatic weapon and rocket-propelled grenade fires. While providing critical suppressive fires at the second crash night, Sergeant First Class Sugart and his team leader learned that ground forces were not immediately available to secure the site. Sergeant First Class Sugart and his team leader unhesitantly volunteered to be inserted to protect the four critically wounded personnel, despite being well aware of the growing number of enemy personnel closing in on the site. After the third request to be inserted, Sergeant First Class Sugar and his team leader received permission to perform this volunteer mission. When debris and enemy ground fires at the site caused them to abort the first attempt, Sergeant First Class Sugar and his team leader were inserted 100 yards, uh, 100 meters south of the crash site. Equipped with only his sniper rifle and a pistol, he and his team leader, while under intense small arms fire from the enemy, fought their way through a dense maze of shanties and shacks to reach the critically injured crew members. Sergeant First Class Sugart pulled the pilot and the other crew members from the aircraft, established a perimeter which placed him and his fellow sniper in their most vulnerable position. Sergeant First Class Sugart used his long-range rifle and sidearm to kill an undetermined number of attackers while traveling the perimeter, protecting the downed crew. He continued his protective fire until he depleted his ammunition and was fatally wounded. His actions saved the pilot's life. Sergeant First Class Sugar's extraordinary heroism and devotion to duty were in keeping with the highest standards in military service and reflect great credit upon him, his unit, and the United States Army awarded the Medal of Honor. The President of the United States of America, in the name of Congress, presents the Medal of Honor to Corporal Jason L. Dunham, United States Marine Corps, for conspicuous gallantry at the risk of his own life beyond the call of duty while serving as a rifle squad leader, 4th Platoon, 1st Battalion, 7th Marines. Corporal Dunham's squad was conducting a mission in the town of Karabala, uh, Iraq, when they heard rocket-propelled grenades and small arms fire erupting uh, approximately two kilometers to the west. Corporal Dunham combined anti-armor team led the engagement to provide fire support for the battalion commander's convoy, which had been ambushed as it traveled. 
Corporal Dunham and his Marines advanced and they quickly received enemy fire. He ordered his squad to dismount their vehicle his fire teams, and led his fire teams on foot several blocks to the ambushed convoy. Discovering vehicles in a column attempting to depart, Corporal Dunham and his teammates uh, engaged the vehicles, uh, searched them for weapons, uh, uh, imprisoned uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the combatants. And as they approached the last vehicle in line, a grenade came over the top of the vehicle. Corporal Dunham uh, uh, threw his, his uh, fellow Marine to the side and jumped on the grenade covered it with his helmet, uh, bearing the brunt of the explosion and shielding his Marines from the blast. The selfless act of bravery in which he was mortally wounded, he saved the lives of four fellow Marines. His undaunted courage, intrepid fighting spirit, and devotion to duty reflect great credit upon himself in upholding the highest traditions of the United States Marine Corps, awarded the Medal of Honor. There's times that you would think in reading some of these, these men that we would rightly call heroes laid down their ultimate life for something that maybe someone would say wasn't worth it. Somalia, still a land of gangs, pirates, These two men inserted, put themselves in harm's way. For one, where's the value in that? In John chapter 12, we see Mary take something of great value. The dollar amount that's listed in there, that 300 pence, the commentators say that that would have been roughly a year's salary. The worth of a year's salary, and she broke this uh, the, this ointment and put it on Jesus, and you know, it, it, the Bible says on his feet. And, and this is a liquid, and she's broke it. It's on his feet. There's there's no way to put it back in the bottle. His feet can only absorb so much of it, and the rest of it's wasted in the, the floor. And I don't think Mary started out regretting any of that. By the way, I don't think Mary ended up regretting any of it either. But Mary was moved to do this. And the Lord said it was, she did it for his bearing because obviously they would not have a chance to do that for his bearing. He would never be, even after, you know, after the three days, after the Passover, and the ladies would come with the ointments to do the burial rituals for his body that they could not do because of the high holy day and the Sabbath and all of that. They'd come to do and pay the proper respects. Well, they didn't need to do that. He was resurrected, Right. And this was a sign of his bearing before uh, that would happen. It was a a sign of honor for that. And and it was a great, uh, if we read parallel passage in Mark chapter 14, verses 1 through 9, and Matthew chapter 26, verses 6 through 13, we find that uh, uh, in doing this, that that, that it was going to be a remembrance, it would be a testimony to Mary 
for all generations, and it's in the Bible. But there was a moment, there was a moment when an influential religious person in Jesus' group said, what a waste. What a waste. You could have sold that and given that to the poor and taken care of some real needs. What a waste. We could read the citation of these two men in, in uh, Somalia. Two men gave their lives so that one pilot would live. I, what a waste. This Corporal Dunham and, and jumped on a grenade and sacrificed his own life. For just four other fellows. What a waste. He had his whole life ahead of him. He, he had plans. He had things that he was going to do. What a waste. And too many times we hear the devil's voice and the world's voice telling us the Christian life is what a waste. Can I, can I tell you the, the end of the message is it's not. It's not a waste. It makes a difference. And we've got to understand that in this Christian life, these men, the citations that I read, they're heroes. The Christian, every day you serve, you're faithful, you're, you're telling others about Jesus Christ, you're a hero. You are. You deserve a crown in heaven for it. That's awaiting you. That's awaiting you if you're faithful. But too many times, there's a voice. And can I tell you this? It's sad. In this passage, we, we see it's identified as Judas. And in the other passages, we see it's identified as Judas. But in the other passages, it also says the disciples, too, agreed. And they murmured and complained. And so it wasn't just one voice that was saying, what a waste. It was the whole group of them. I mean, these are the, the closest men to Jesus. These are the leaders of the uh, you know, of the religious organization, the, the first church. These are the, the followers of Messiah. And they're saying, what a waste. Sometimes it feels that way. Even the ones that we wouldn't expect, the, the, they put that pressure on us. But I'll tell you, we don't serve for man's praise at all. Because there was a first voice and then more voices added to it. But I'm glad the last voice that spoke was Jesus and he said, let her alone. And I think that as we look at these citations, as we take this time on, uh, on, on this, this celebration and remembrance of veterans and 
you know, the, the time of free meals and free haircuts and, and uh, free donuts and, you know, all of those things. Anyway, we, we take this time during our calendar and, and we recognize it, got, got uh, 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 you know, uh, a coffee. I thought it was going to be like uh, Crayola flavored or something, you know. Everybody makes fun of Marines and we eat crowns and I thought it was going to be some kind of Crayola uh, marking on the bag or something, but uh, you know, I, 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 all of these things and highlighting the service is important. But there's sometimes we hear another voice, and it says it's a waste. Ah, it's church again. I mean, you know, I gotta go out there and jumpstart the car again because I can't afford a new car and. Oh man, the cold weather's coming and I didn't plug in the car and now we're going to do this. We got to go in early. Oh, it's our week to clean the church. Oh, it's, I got to teach this month. Oh, I got to, there's something. There's always something going on. Oh, it's great to have the fun activities. But there's so winning to do. There's, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, preparation for singing. I mean, I'm sure the choir's coming in extra early, staying a little bit longer to get ready for the cantata coming up. There's all kinds of effort, and it's easy to get weary in well-doing. But it's not a waste. It's not a waste because it's for God's glory. It's not a waste because it has eternal value. It's not a waste. Francis Hall, Medal of Honor recipient, voluntarily exposed himself to heavy fire during the thickest of fighting, carried wounded men to the rear for treatment and attendance. U.S. Army, chaplain, Civil War. For conspicuous, uh, conspicuous gallantry at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while assigned the Joint Task Force in support of Operation Enduring Freedom in the early morning of March, 20, uh, uh, March 4, 2002, Senior Chief Special Warfare Operator Sablinski led a reconnaissance team to its assigned area atop a 10,000-foot snow-covered mountain. Their insertion, insertion helicopter was suddenly riddled with rocket-propelled grenades, small arms fire from previously undetected enemy positions. The crippled helicopter lurched violently and ejected one teammate onto the mountain before the pilots were forced to crash land in the valley far below. Senior Chief Sablinski uh, Bodley uh, boldly rallied his five remaining team members and marshaled supporting assets for an assault to rescue their stranded teammate. During reinsertion, the team came under fire from three directions, and one teammate started moving uphill toward an enemy strong point. Without regard for his own safety, Senior Chief Sablinski uh, charged directly toward enemy fire to join his teammate. Together, they fiercely uh, assaulted and cleared the first bunker they encountered. The enemy then unleashed a hail of machine gun fire from a second hardened position only 20 meters away. Senior Chief repeatedly exposed himself to deadly fire to personally engage a second enemy bunker and orient his team's fire in the furious close-quarter firefight. Proximity made air support impossible, and after several teammates became casualties, the situation became untenable. 
senior chief maneuvered his team to a more defensible position, directed airstrikes in very close proximity to his team's position, and requested reinforcements. As daylight approached, accurate enemy mortar fire forced the team further down the sheer mountainside. Senior chief carried a seniorly, seriously wounded teammate through deep snow and led a difficult trek across uh, precipitous terrain while calling in fire on the enemy. Throughout the next 14 hours, senior chief stabilized the wounded casualties and continued the fight against the enemy until the hill was secured and his team was extracted. By his undaunted courage, bold initiative, leadership, and devotion to duty, Senior Chief Sabinsky reflected great credit upon himself and upheld the highest traditions of the United States Naval Service, awarded a Medal of Honor. Desmond Ross, Private First Class U.S. Army, World War II. This interesting is the only conscientious objector to receive the Medal of Honor. There was a movie written about it called Hacksaw Ridge. He was a company first aid man when the 1st Battalion assaulted a jagged uh, uh, a mountain uh, 400 feet high. And as the troops gained the summit, a heavy concentration of artillery, mortar, and machine gun fire crashed into them, inflicting approximately 75 casualties and driving the others back. PFC Doss refused to seek cover and remained in the fire-swept area with the many stricken, wounded men, carrying them one by one to the edge of the cliff and lowering them on a rope-supported litter down to the face of a cliff to friendly hands. On May 2nd, he exposed himself to heavy fire and mortar fire in rescuing a wounded man 200 yards forward of the lines. Two days later, he treated four men who had been cut down while assaulting a strongly defended cave, advancing through a shower of grenades to within eight yards of the enemy forces in the cave's mouth, where he dressed his comrades' wounds before making four separate trips under fire to evacuate them to safety. On May 5th, he unhesitantly braved enemy shelling and small arms fire to an assistant artillery officer. He applied bandages and moved his patient to a spot that offered protection while artillery and mortar shells fell close by. He administered plasma and gave IV. Later that day, when an American was severely wounded by fire from a cave, PFC Doss crawled to him where he had fallen 25 feet from the enemy position, rendered aid, and carried him 100 yards to safety while continually exposed to fire. On 21 May, in a night attack on high ground near Shuri, he remained in exposed territory while the rest of his company took cover, fiercely risking the chance that he would be mistaken for an infiltrating Japanese and giving aid to the injured until he himself was seriously wounded in the legs by the explosion of a grenade. Rather than call another aid man from cover, he cared for his own wound injuries waited five hours before the litter bearers reached him and started carrying him to cover. The trio was caught in an enemy tank attack, and PFC Doss, seeing a more critically wounded man nearby, crawled off the litter and directed the bearers to give their first attention to the other man. Awaiting the litter bearers' return, he was again struck, this time suffering a compound fracture in one arm. With magnificent fortitude, he found a rifle stock bound a rifle stock to his shattered arm as a splint 
and then crawled the 300 yards over rough terrain to the aid station. Through his outstanding bravery and unflinching determination in the face of desperately dangerous conditions, PFC Dawes saved the lives of many soldiers, became a symbol throughout the 77th Infantry Division for outstanding gallantry far and above and beyond the call of duty. I believe there's better language used for your faithful service in the Lord's army in heaven. It's not a waste. If one voice says it, no matter their position, it's not a waste. If many voices add their displeasure, it's not a waste. Because listen to God's voice, and he said, let her alone. You've done it for my glory. What you do in your Christian walk, let it be for God's glory. It's not a waste. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity. We, we read the citations of these human heroes. The Lord, before us, are spiritual heroes. Heroes that are faithful in service. Heroes that are faithful in giving. Heroes that are faithful in sending and going and proclaiming the truth of God's word. There's times we hear it's a waste. Sometimes it's our own voice saying that to us. What a waste. Just quit now. But may we understand we do it for God's glory. We do it for his credit. We do it for his praise. Someday in heaven, we'll understand the true value of it. Our, our human finite minds can't understand that now. We do it for others. We do it for our brothers and sisters in the Lord's army. We come to church to be an encouragement to others, not to show off a new tie, but Lord, to encourage another that we're in our place, they're in their place. We're in the same boat, the same walk of life. We've got the same distractions, the same challenges. We're facing the same economy. We're, we've got the same challenges of health and the same fears, or the same challenges in relationships. But we're doing it for God's glory. And it's not a waste. It's not a waste. Lord, as we go into this invitation, may we be encouraged. But may we also be repurposed in our heart that we will stay by the stuff. We will stay the course. We'll stay faithful. We'll stay in the battle. We'll stay trusting our God no matter how, when, why. We will trust in you. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet, the head bowed, eyes closed, piano plays. Really a simple point, isn't it? But I hope it's encouraging. There's times we feel like it's a waste. These men have sacrificed their lives and gave it. We gave them the highest award of our nation. Someone can look at it and say, what a waste. Jump on a grenade, are you crazy? Insert an enemy fire. You don't even have a chance. You're going to be overrun. It's no, it, don't do it. It's a waste. It's 
world will tell you, you don't need to have standards in your life. You don't need to be that Christian. You don't need to go to church. What a waste. Go next week. Go another time. Well, you got to be all this religion and everything. What a waste. Well, let me tell you, it's not. It's not. It's not a waste. As we sing. house today. I'm going to have the coons, if they would, go ahead and go to the back uh, so that you can greet them as you leave today. Uh, mention that we will have afternoon service at 1, and so I encourage you to come and be with us for that. A senior Saint Thanksgiving uh, tomorrow uh, here in the Fellowship Hall at 1130, and uh, it's, the theme is a Thanksgiving Luau, and uh, if you have any questions, you want to see Miss Alice about that. Uh, youth rally coming up on the 18th. They'll be leaving here at 6 p.m. Uh, the teens will and getting back around 10. Uh, we're going to be observing the Lord's Supper on Tuesday, November 22nd at 7. And so we encourage all church members to be here for that. And then we'll not have a Wednesday evening service that week. Uh, Christmas missions offering uh, December 4th. Uh, hopefully praying about that and can be involved, helping to be a a blessing to the missionaries that we send from our church. And then a Christmas program, December 11th, uh, the Word Became Flesh, and encourage you to plan to be with us for that. It's good to be in the Lord's house today. The Lord bless you for being here. Let's close in a word of prayer. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you for this time together uh, this morning, the preaching of your Word, uh, the opportunity to be able to recognize our veterans, we pray to God that you would be with us as we depart from here today. And Lord, might we realize that all that we do for your kingdom is not a waste. Uh, it's for the betterment of others, so that people might come to know you as their Lord and Savior, and that uh, they might faithfully live for you and serve you. I pray that you go before us today and use us to be a light in this dark world in which we live. We love you. We ask these things in your blessed and most holy name. Amen. God bless you.